Welcome to a weekly review of LGBT news from Keen News Service. I'm Lisa Keen. This was the week right-wing conservatives and knee-jerk liberals found something they could agree on. Nobody likes Fred Phelps. Phelps is the guy who, under the guise of operating a Baptist church, has been dragging his family around the country to hold up signs bearing such offensive messages as God hates fags. The LGBT community has been trying to ignore him for almost two decades, a sometimes difficult thing to do. Phelps and his family followers stand alongside a gay pride parade route, holding enormous signs with hateful messages, taunting gay passers-by and trying to provoke a reaction. On Wednesday, Phelps took his act to the big show, the U.S. Supreme Court. The occasion was oral arguments in Snyder v. Phelps, a case that tests how far the First Amendment will go to protect the right of protesters to make vile and hateful remarks. It goes pretty far, but the High Court has ruled in previous cases that it doesn't protect the right of a person to yell fire in a crowded theater. It doesn't allow one person to make false statements about another person that might injure the person's reputation. And it doesn't allow anybody to say something so provocative as to incite a civil disturbance. That latter instance is what the court calls fighting words. And Justice Antonin Scalia said he wasn't sure there was a difference between outrageous statements and fighting words. Other justices, too, seemed to balk at the idea that Phelps should have a First Amendment right to direct his outrageous statements at a private funeral service for a Marine killed in Iraq. In this instance, Phelps' clan held up signs saying God hates fags and simplify fags outside the funeral of fallen Marine Matthew Snyder of Maryland. Snyder's family said the signs outside the funeral and similar messages posted on Phelps' website caused them emotional injury, and a federal district court jury agreed and ordered Phelps to pay the family $5 million. But Margie Phelps, Fred Phelps' daughter and an attorney who represented him before the Supreme Court, said the group broke no law and that their messages, however uncomfortable they might make someone feel, are a legitimate exercise of their right to free speech. A congressman from Texas is ready to exercise some rights, too. Representative Lamar Smith, who hails from Austin, Texas, says he has a right to intervene in two federal lawsuits in Boston that are testing the constitutionality of the Defense of Marriage Act. Smith says he wants to do it because the Obama Department of Justice is mounting only a faint-hearted defense of the law that bans recognition of same-sex marriages by the federal government. And he says he has a right to intervene by virtue of his being ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee. Of course, he's not alone. He's got the help of the right-wing Alliance Defense Fund, which has been filing lawsuits all over the country to defend laws banning same-sex marriage. Mary Bonato, who leads the Gay and Lesbian Advocates and Defenders Group, which is mounting one of the lawsuits against the Defense of Marriage Act, said she was surprised it took the alliance so long to file its motion to intervene. The judge's ruling that DOMA is unconstitutional was entered in August, but the probability is that the alliance chose its date very carefully. The Department of Justice must give notice by Tuesday of this week that it plans to appeal the decisions. And by filing its motion just last week, the Alliance and Lamar Smith can claim some bragging rights that they were able to convince the DOJ to file its appeal. Timing is everything in politics, of course. And while Republicans would almost certainly deny that the motion to intervene in the DOMA cases was time to take credit for an inevitable appeal, they were the first to accuse the Democrats of introducing an immigration reform bill last week 
to maximize its benefit for attracting Hispanic voters in the midterm elections. Democrats denied that the bill was timed to buy votes, but the comprehensive bill introduced by Senator Robert Menendez could motivate gay voters, too. It includes language from a bill of Senator Patrick Leahy that would enable the same-sex partners of gay citizens to stay in this country. And that's a big deal for LGBT voters. Americans who fall in love with a same-sex partner who is a citizen of another country can't obtain citizenship for their partner here like a straight citizen can. It takes a marriage license for a straight couple, but even if a gay couple is able to obtain a marriage license in the United States or another country, the Defense of Marriage Act prevents the federal government from recognizing that marriage for immigration purposes. In fact, it's even worse. The gay couple can't even acknowledge their relationship exists because immigration denies green cards to foreign visitors who show any likelihood of trying to stay in this country permanently. Gay immigration activists hailed the Menendez bill. Steve Rawls of Immigration Equality said it's a real effort and a real starting place for immigration reform whenever Congress takes it up. It probably seemed like unusual timing this week, too, when the U.S. Department of Education announced on Tuesday that it was awarding almost $39 million in grants to 11 states for efforts to try and make schools safe, especially against bullying. The news came on the heels of reports of five suicides in just three weeks of LGBT teenagers, at least four of whom were known to have been subjected to anti-gay bullying. But the grants were not in response to those suicide reports. Kevin Jennings, the openly gay assistant deputy secretary for education, said the department had been working for some time on coming up with a plan to address safe school issues such as anti-gay bullying. The money going this month to the 11 states is to help those states develop ways to determine which schools are the most dangerous. The states will conduct surveys of staff, students, and their families, but the aim is to make sure that future grant money goes to address the problems the students themselves identify as the most significant. Next fiscal year, the Department of Ed will seek four times the amount of money it is spending this year to address the issue. And that request, given all the midterm election fighting between the tax-and-spend Democrats and the starve-and-shoot Republicans, is likely to be something that conservatives and liberals will definitely not agree upon. For Keene News Service, I'm Lisa Keene. You have been listening to a podcast of Keene News Service. Visit us on the web at keennewsservice.com.